previously on Nihilus of Apathy. Hey, D, what do you think about this Jeopardy guy, the guy that went on that big run of winning? Oh, the dude that won like 600 in a row? Yeah, and he won it like, the amount he was winning was off the charts, even if you compare him to other winners. Right. I call bullshit. Really? You think it was like a quiz show type thing going on? Completely. Clooney was giving them the... Their ratings went through the roof, like everything. They want the more this dude won, the more everybody won. Wouldn't it get out I, that it was you know rigged or fucked with in any I way? I don't shape know, or man. Form? If you if you had the right people and you had the right folks on, do board, people still watch Jeopardy? Uh, Besides CNN News, who reports on it? Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I actually saw the story on ESPN of all places. Oh wow! So someone on ESPN. Ta- and I you bet go. you someone has a cousin who's like the sound gaffer yeah. or key grip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. Jeopardy? Yeah. He's like, dude, there's a dude winning, man. You should start watching it. Oh, a guy winning on Jeopardy? Hot damn. That, That's a story. I have to admit, I always wondered because it is a lot of fucking knowledge. I love Jeopardy. Right. But I probably get maybe 30% of the answers. Oh, I know. You they know? go into art history and you're like, hmm, Picasso? Yeah. Uh, Renoir? Yeah. No, not Japan, about US relations? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do well on that. The penis, my tear. Exactly. I'm just not going to do well. But that guy just hit it over and over and over and over and over. And you begin to wonder, how do they know all that shit? How? And how Like, how do you know to wager the right amount? How do you not get tripped up and on it? And some of that you can't even find on Wikipedia. So it's not like no. you could memorize all seven trillion entries in Wikipedia. <laughs> right. Unless. Unless. It's like Slumdog Millionaire. That was the whole thing. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. But that actually did we land on the moon, too. I mean. Well, everybody knows. Man. That the world is flat. Well, it is. It's a big pizza, and the outside crust is the snow. And then, yeah, I I looked it up on the internet. It's on the internet. It is. Yep. Along with my French modeling photos. And on that note... Hey, friends, what's going on? Another day, another 68 cents. Wow, you you got 68? Dude. Man, I got to get down with your bargaining negotiating skills. dividends, dude. Dividends, baby. Got to bust out the dividends. Your nihilist tip of the day. Dividends. Always be dividend friendly. So you know what pays dividends, or kind of pays dividends, if you write a really amazing album and people fucking buy it for... 20 years keep Correct. buying it yep you can maybe re-release it you could do like deluxe sets box sets like yep. i mean i don't know man if i was somebody that'd be a great business model oh, yeah. right there just jam like 700 songs into one album here's the best part if you let your own ego go and just ran wild with it right like, oh i'm a genius yeah i'm gonna make the next wall correct which was a great album because it was only two albums. Ran it was about concept. 80, 81 minutes. Yeah, that's a normal album. And right every there. song was amazing. Not fat, bloated. Yeah. Uh, and Gigantic, fat, bloated. Piece of shit that really sounds good, though. We have to be honest. And what we're talking about is Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Melancholy. Sadness. Great yeah. album. 
Came out ninety seven October uh, October ninety five, two CDs, three LPs, but even in in the form that it came out as two LPs, it was fat. It's yes. loaded. There's a lot of extra. It was shit interesting in there. on the three LP version. The it wasn't in the same order as the CD either. I found that interesting. And then when he did the remaster on four LPs, he put it back to the CD track listing. So I thought that was interesting that the three album vinyl that came out with, you know, the, with the the double CD, right, had a different track. The the track listing was different. Same songs, but the track listings. And I thought that was really peculiar because I would assume you would track it the way you wanted to, right. But you kind of find out with some of these fat, bloated, gigantic albums that the track listing isn't really relevant when you have that much music. Right, yeah. And I've you, noticed it with a lot of them. You've got to spread it out. you got to get it to fit. It's 22 minutes a side. Yeah. If you've got a nine-minute long song, right. well, that really impacts your ability to get it on the this right This is true, side. especially to fit stuff on vinyl. Correct. So, And that's what's so interesting about this album is Billy start, it started as a double album. When they were on tour for Siamese Dream, he was I like... I would assume it started as an EP. <laughs> I assume they just had a couple of songs no, and they made no. more and more songs. He literally started and he said the White Album was his inspiration. Oh, he said so he, he want, wanted a double album. He wanted a big, heavy, fat But in the days of CDs, too. there's 75 to 80 minute songs. So a Bingo. double album is a double CD, which is four to five albums. Right. And that's exactly what this he went This is where you for. get the bloat. Well, this is and, where bloat happens. And this is where you buy into your own ego and you go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to make the, the White Album. Yeah, right. To Dee's point, think about the length of the White Album versus the length of Melancholy. And God knows how long it took, and that to do the four. White Album. They did a lot of work just to do that double album. Right, and you're talking about two of the most prolific songwriters of all time, and George Harrison. George Harrison, and I was gonna say he was getting up there. He, yeah, he has one of the best songs from the White Album in there. So to Balsley go, I'm gonna write a White Album while I'm on tour for my not their debut album, but their breakthrough album pretty big balls and again that kind of gives you an yes. insight into billy and where his right. mind the, was their third this. album they go for this gigantic epic album right for number three he's even quoted as saying before the album was released this is the wall for gen x wow it's very funny because trent Reznor, when he did the fragile he said the same thing the fragile was the wall for his generation and fragile was uh 96 97 yeah so we're kind of around the same period too it's a ballsy statement to make like you have to let your art out there and then see what it becomes yeah you should let someone else someone else say it's the wall for that generation you don't say it yourself because you're biased you're too close to your content (laughs) it's like a boxer that gives himself their own nickname correct i'm uh iron hands uh, your record is O and thirteen, so you're more like Glassjaw. So shut the fuck up. So um, I changed my name to Cassius D. Cassius D. I there think it is. That's where, yeah. See, and because then, I'm such a great fighter. Oh, you have to. But that's the kind of I'm crazy O and hundred and three crazy self belief that Billy had. So some more fun facts. I'm gonna roll through these pretty. Do it. Quick. Do it. Let's hear it. So DRC's vocals. A lot. A lot's Darcy. made of. Darcy, sorry. Yeah, a lot of the uh, a lot's made about this album. About how much more involvement there is from the other members? Yeah, because everybody James knows, and Darcy actually had input. Finally, Siamese Dream was the Billy Corgan that show. Was the Billy Corgan show so, with a special guest of Richard, the drummer. Yeah, is it Richard Chamberlain is that his name? Uh, or am I getting his first name wrong? R- wrong first name. What's his James first? Chamberlain? No, Jimmy. 
Jimmy Chamberlain. Yeah, Jimmy Chamberlain. Jimmy, Thank you. I Jimmy Chamberlain, I James Eha. Yeah. Well, so many bands, you got to keep them all straight, especially when they're yeah. bouncing around. Well, just the first name, yeah. Her uh, her vocals were actually cut. Oh, her vocals, so she didn't do anything. She did. A I guess you're right. I've listened to Melancholy several times now, and I haven't Try really... to find a female vocal. There, It's in one song, folks. So good luck finding it. Wow. Uh, heavy reliance on Pro Tools, too. So that was kind yes. of that pivot point where you started seeing Pro Tools. And that's one of my qualms. I think you and I have said this before. Mm-hmm. On the original, it's like somebody just turned it up to 10 and said, fuck right. it. Sounds great on headphones. Right. Well, no, man. It's got it's got to have some complexity. It's got to have some texture. Right. Whereas when they did the remaster, man, the remaster sounds fucking awesome. It does, but I do notice. And it's because of compression when you're listening to streaming and, and digital that I noticed a couple of tracks that the distortion was horrible compared to the vinyl. Oh, interesting. Because I, I do most of my listening on Melancholy on the vinyl. Yeah. And when I went to Spotify, some of those tracks didn't, did, uh, they I didn't, didn't translate well, very that, well because of the compression. Look at this. So there's 70 guitar tracks on Ruby. That's it? 70. For just, that's it? Yeah, no, on there one was, song. Right, I thought there was 300 on Ruby. That, but even 70, how do you get that all the, like, the smile on your face is fucking classic. Like, he'll catch on, folks. He'll catch yeah, on. Yeah, one day, one day I will. He'll get fucking it. humor, you know? Uh, but yeah, fucking 70. Yeah, of course you can get some compression. I, th- that I had no idea. I didn't know there was that kind of involvement. They said Porcelina was recorded across like four or five different studios across months of time. It's basically all these different takes that they put together that. You could never recreate. Like it was like okay, sure. yeah, we've got all these files. The Rubik's cube of of smashing and pumpkins. Again, if you're looking at tape and you're cutting tape and you're pulling tape from different places, like just physically, that's kind of fucking difficult. But when you actually have files that you can share and and work with, it becomes much much easier. So I thought that was really interesting because I've always been critical of this this period of time because it's the pivot from. Those really great, like Sound City albums, correct? You yes. Know, oh my God, they're so they're so warm. Yes. And then you get into this overproduced, everything's to ten kind of thing. Yeah. And it's nice to see the remaster said, okay, hold on, let's try that again. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I will say one thing. I do like this album. I uh, the the topic is one of the reasons we started the pod. We've debated this probably hours upon hours. Lots of. Lots of talks. Love this album. We both have said the more you dig into it, the better it gets. And the more I liked it, the more I had to really listen in order to trim the fat and come up with the concept. I liked the album. It's just the genres and it seemed like some songs didn't fit. You're right. It just seemed like they were just throwing everything together they were doing in that time. Yeah, yeah, and and you are right. It's Instead like, of following, like when you listen to Siamese Dream, that's concept. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It flows beginning to end. Well, it so works that's very well. That's one of the big pushbacks Billy has is this is not a concept album. Well, then how do absolutely you, not? How do you make it so fucking fat and bloated? If it's a concept album, you can say, hey, that bloat builds the bigger picture. You know, it takes me from A to B. But that's not the case. So with everything I love about the album, you know what I'm not really a huge fan of? Hmm. The lyrics. Gotcha. I've, there's not one set of lyrics where I go, oh my God, that's so amazing. And I, like, I highlight some lyrics in here, but that's one of the... You do have a point that 
when you listen to Siamese Dream and even Gish. I would say more Siamese Dream. He's very introspective. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of Billy in Siamese Dream. Absolutely. And then when you get to Melancholy, it's just kind of stream of consciousness lyrics, but there doesn't seem to be anything underneath it. And I think that's a big transition is you go from a struggling artist to being a rock star. Right. This is 95. This is when bands were still stars. Yep. Big limos, MTV, million dollar video shoots. So I always found that really, really interesting, though, because yeah. that's one of the feedbacks, even as people go back and look at the album. Eh, the lyrics were a little bit thin, and I, that's a critique I cannot argue with at it's all. It's true, because I've studied it more f- for this episode that I, I I'm like the album more and more, but I'm really not connected to most of it. There's a couple songs I'm connected to. But it's not really because of the lyrics. It's mainly because of the melodies and the guitars. Oh, yeah. And the composition as a whole. Right. He's got some dead-on great epics in here. Oh, yeah. But what is lacking is just those deep lyrics. They yeah. just don't see, They seem more surface. It, to me. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to tell you that 1970. But that's fine. And that's fine. That's what the comments section's for. Exactly. Leave those comments, folks. We love. Trash us, please. Please. Trash us. Yeah, we don't read the positive ones, just the negative ones. So give us something to read, you know? Do not care about positive reviews. So So I looked at this album, and Dee and I both said it. It needs something trimmed. And so we went back and we said, okay, if we were going to do Melancholy, how would we do it? What would we get rid of? What would we keep? And how do we track it? Right. So we came up with the trim the fat concept. Yeah. And we're like, let's say it's going to be a single album. Yes. Key element right there. Keep it around 50, 60 minutes between 12 to 14 tracks. Yeah. Depending on what you're going to trim the fat to. This time we decided dozen. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a classic mid 90s alternative rock formula right there. For me, it worked. I was very happy. It. Again, I had to really dig in the album, but what I came up with, I was extremely happy with. It was fun listening to it in my Spotify playlist. It just sounded really good. Yeah, I agree. So what I did was, from a concept perspective, just to organize it in my head, I looked at the original vinyls as kind of a a marker, Mm -hmm. and they had the names of Dawn, Dusk, and Midnight, so I broke mine up that way. Mine can still flow as a CD, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of the approach I took. So No, I like it. When I was thinking about it, I thought about, okay, what do you start with? How do you start that album? Because what the fans last heard was Siamese Dream. Yes. You know, and that's a rocking album through. I mean, there's some some classic guitar lines there. It's my favorite. Siamese Dream is my favorite Smashing Pumpkins album. Cherub Rock, you go through. even look at Such a good opener, too. You know, and that. Rocket. And that's where you set the bar. That's your intro. Bingo. So, okay, folks, what do you do that's like that? And so I was I was kind of thinking about it and trying to think about how did it grow? What what really made me, like, the energy that I get from Cherub Rock. And I'll be honest, when I heard the Pumpkins, it was on a ski trip when I was, like, 12 years old. Okay. So I my buddy gives me one of the headphones. I listen to Cherub Rock, and we're... It's an energy. We're going to go. Just... And we get and we ski and it's a badass day up on the slope. So this is where my bar is set when you think about an opening for a Pumpkins album. Sure. So I went with uh, Through the Eyes of Ruby. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, I and so what I thought about it was, it's a nice start. It's got like that alt rock riff, you know, and it comes in quickly. Yes, that's the key element. You can have a lead in of, call it less than twenty five seconds, on a on a track like that yes. where you're like, hey, it's got a rock, and that's exactly what it does. Um, I, I like to say it's a good transition from Siamese Dream. It feels like it could be on Siamese Dream, to be honest. It's very much in sure. that same vein. A couple of drags in here. Oh, yeah. And a lot of I think my uh, mine is going to reflect a Siamese bias. Mine is two in a way. I went, so for my number one track to open it, I bounced around with ideas, but I truly realized that Tonight Tonight was the opener because it's almost like the overture. Like, it kind of yeah. sums up the melancholy and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's really one of the only songs with lyrics that kind of covers what the album is going to be. You're right. And I couldn't fit. I wanted Tonight Tonight in here. It didn't work anywhere else. I, I tried and tried and tried. And I, I originally was going to do Porcelain. Porcelain uh, at the Vast Oceans to open, but it was just that quiet opening. I'm like, even though it really does hit when it gets there. Right. It doesn't work like Cherub Rock does. Right. You can't and, have that long minute and 15 right. second opening. So like, the strings no. of Tonight, to, it, that, that that opening just worked for me. And then I got Tonight Tonight out of the way. Yeah. So I think. I think th- it's critical. So, you have to have that song on the album. Correct. I mean, it's and a great song. I just song, couldn't as figure any place to put it. So that was my opener. Listen to it. Okay. I, I yeah. like that. That's a good opener. And I'll, I'll spoil it. I had Tonight Tonight as well. Mm-hmm. And I cheated because I knew I had the vinyl concept. So you had right. Taking the Needle correct, Off. Correct, correct. There's a moment and a break. Mm-hmm. And so you almost have, I have three intros and three outros, correct. which yes. is cheating. But anyway. No, that makes sense too. Totally. I, I love that idea because I did struggle with the same thing. I like this song. Yes. It sold insanely well. So you know the record company it, likes every, it. Yeah. Everybody likes it. Yeah, so the melody just rings in your head. Where do you put it? You're not going to put it after zero. You're not no. going to, like, it just doesn't. It's, right. It's awkward. And that's, that's I think, one thing you highlight right there is the awkwardness of the album Correct. itself. And it's current track list. You kind of bounce. It like, bounces so much. And so. There's not I a kind smooth of, flow to right. it. Right. And I, I think that's what we were trying to do is to come up with a flow. Yeah. Take the best pieces of it and make it flow and trim the fat. So I said Ruby was also a beautiful outro to transition to... I went with Bodies. Okay. I just wanted something for your, that... For track number two? For track number two. It's got that great bouncing beat. So as soon as you've gone through the complexity of Ruby, and I think Ruby's like a six-minute long song, so it's yes. got a good long mm-hmm. song, you need something that hits. You need something that goes, that, all right, yeah, man, this is what I know. This is what I like. Yeah. Um, what else did I put in there? Uh, I... It's so it's so funny. I I called it a crowd mover. You know, it's yes. one of those ones where the mosh pit moves. Um, the the lyric I, I I hammered Billy for lyrics, and now I've got a lyric that I highlight on song number two. Sure, uh, fuck me. Um, I don't remember him saying fuck me, but that's cool that he says it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you you didn't get the special edition. No. Oh shit, love is suicide. Just gotcha. like you intro in this melancholy and the infinite sadness. What the hell yeah. does that mean? Nihilist of apathy. What the fuck does that even right. mean? So you think about it and you're like, oh, love it's is too suicide. too much irony in this world. Right. Love is love suicide. Is suicide. And it's a good song. It's got, again, to your point where it's got that line, but what I like most about it is the guitar lines. Yes. Like, it just got a nice, heavy, crunchy sound. 
I followed exactly what you did. So after Tonight Tonight, you get the intro out of the way I did Where Boys Fear to Tread. Oh. It's just like Cherubrook, just slams you right into a song. And I kind of followed the guitar-heavy stuff for the for the first part of the album. Right. Kind of just like Siamese Dream, Siamese Dream did, and then do kind of the slower melodics for the second part. So for me, Where Boys Fear to Tread... Just slams right in. Yeah. It just sounds so good in contrast to Tonight Tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just as you suggested with your, your two songs, it where the boy where boys just flowed right into it. Yeah, that's funny because so that was like song thirteen or fourteen for me, where I was like, it's too long and I didn't have enough space on the album to fit gotcha, it in. And right. I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? So I, I like that. That's a really nice choice. Um I went from Bodies into Porcelina. I, I think both of us will agree that's an amazing Porcelina is my number three. Is it really nice? Yes. Okay, great minds it think works. alike it or works. equally challenged. You keep it towards the top end of the album. Yes. But it is a it is a great comp- composition-wise. It is an excellent song. Yeah, I told you about the complexity of recording yes. it. You hear it. Yes. And so this is where... Such a good song. This is where... So one of the things that they, they changed between um, melancholy, or between Siamese and Melancholy was they went with Flood and Alan Mulder as, as producers away from Butch V. I did not know Flood, Flood pretty much did most of the Depeche Mode albums. And so that, that kind of tells you where Billy was going. Oh, yeah. And Billy said there was too much comfort with Butch. It inhibited sure. our creativity where Flood really pushed him and said, hey, I want the live show. I yeah. want Pumpkins live. It's not coming through yeah, in the album. Right. And so Porcelina, for me, that's where you hear Flood. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's where you hear that it complexity. Is a, it is a great, great song. Uh, let's see. Let, I can't read my own penmanship, which isn't surprising. One of the best riffs on the album. And I said the best guitar tone on the whole album. And again, given the level of production... Yes, I have to agree. Not surprising. No. I mean, it's just solid. Uh, wow, I wrote a lot about... Yeah, I really like this song. Obviously. I do too. It is such a great song. Uh, when I listen to Melancholy... So, I'm not a Spotify fan. I'm more, I'm more of a vinyl person. I listen, I listen to the albums. Yeah. But when you have flat bloated, you can jump around. Oh, for sure. And you can and avoid course, things. I go to Porcelina. It's such Man. a great song. Yeah, folks, I do. If that's It not... gives me almost a Siamese feel to it. It does. The way the composition flows and changes up, it just re- totally reminds me of what they were doing when they were doing Siamese Dream. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, so this, again, I'm going to cheat. This is my outro on the first album. So my first okay. album, let me see, side A was 21 minutes and 15 seconds. So I, I made it under that 22 mark. That was kind of what I was looking for from an album. Gotcha. And I said, nice long outro, because it's got like a minute long outro, just like the intro. Yeah, the intro and outro were very long. And thus, it's a great ender, kind mm-hmm. of ending that side. Yes. For me, this side of the album, so these three tracks, The Dawn, brighter, happier songs, yes. kind of like... Yeah, this is the upside of things. Absolutely. So then you transition. The next is Dusk. And for me, nothing signified the sun going down and it's on more than zero. True. It just hits. That is true. Do, 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 do. Yep. And they use those octave chords, so it really is crunchy. And it's just, it's sonically different 
than Siamese. And that's where you've really made oh, that it pivot. Is, yes, yeah. Because it's, dude, you can't drop that on Siamese. No, it does not sound you can't. right. Or Gish. It doesn't work with Gish either. It's not even an outro like that was in Pisces. It's just so different. And that's right. why I wanted, I didn't want to cue it up number one because ultimately that's, yeah, that first place is so important. But I yes. like, you got to make the pivot into things because, again, we have the luxury of being able to look back. You know what comes out. You know Machina comes out. True. You know all these other things where it sounds yeah, more like so zero. Many albums, yeah. And so you have to naturally make that pivot. Again, the luxury of uh, of uh, being able to look back. You go, okay, so I've got to introduce this. Yes. i got to put zero out there. Again, it's a hit or two because you've just gone oh, through absolutely. the eight minutes of Porcelina, which is that emotional roller coaster gets big. It gets yes. quiet. Yes. It gets big as hell again. Yeah. It takes gets, you on a journey. I it's just want to rock, journeys. man, and I want to run around in the mosh pit like a crazy fucking bastard. I did the same thing, but I did Jelly Belly. Ah, uh, Jelly Belly. So Jelly Belly was my... So we followed the same thing. I'm like, after Borsalina, you're going to want to amp up a little bit. You Jelly have to. Belly just smashes right through. So It's like a three-minute song. It's a very quick song. It's the uh, most down-tuned song on the album. That was one of the, the facts that I remember reading was what... Uh, James was going for was he had heard a lot of the grunge sound, in particular Soundgarden, and was like, oh, dude, that's a cool sound. Yes. Let's try it. Let's yeah, go Sound for it. Soundgarden is a cool sound. It, yeah, go figure. I call it Black Sabbath, but... Eh, you know, so they got that Sabbath love going on. And, Who uh, doesn't, though? Seriously, man. Like, If Seattle didn't have Black Sabbath, there'd be no grunge. And this is a pod in and of itself. Uh, you know, Ozzy Sabbath versus Ryan James Dio. I oh, mean, yeah. fuck. And that's one of the real... Uh, right. I, we digress for a moment, but that's one of the rare transitions where they hand the baton off. Yes. And there wasn't a drop. No. I love Mob Rules. Oh, man. And Heaven. Yeah. Heaven right. and Hell. Okay. Heaven that, and Hell. Well, folks, I think we got another oh, podcast yeah. you topic, know so what's you might coming hear up. it later. You know what's coming up. Or you'll never fucking hear it again. Yeah, there's always that. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Fucking nihilists. Yeah, so on that note, God is empty just like me. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
of that uh, of going in that direction. Yeah, I just the bullet just worked so well off the energy of Jelly Belly. So that was the first single. Obviously, had the big video. It was yes. What um, would you still keep it the first single? And if if you don't, then you know you can tell me which one as we come to it. But that was one question I had with Bullet was. Is this still the first single? I think I would have made single? Zero the first. For me. I've, to me, Zero sums up Melancholy. For the single that describes the album is Zero. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I thought Zero would have, should have been the opening, the first single for the album. But everybody loved Bullet. The video? World is a Vampire. Oh, man. They're like in a cold pit or that something. That was almost a no-brainer that that was going to capture everybody's attention. So that's what they... When it's they, an attention getter for a single. Oh, yeah. And they talked to Billy and they say, well, so, so what do you think about the singles? I forget which one. I think it was Jelly Belly. He went Jelly Belly to be the original wow, number one single. That's interesting. The coming, record coming came back. And it's like, heavy, though. Eh. It's heavy and quick. They're like, eh. And he's like, yeah. okay, we can do Bullet. And he said, I knew it was catchy. I knew people could sing to it. And it had an easy beat to remember. Yes, it's very, yeah. It's, and he goes, dot, dot, dot. It's radio friendly, it hardcore. It sold a fuckload of it albums. Did. And that's. Again, you're introducing it, this It got big... my attention for the album. It really got my attention. And let's think about it in this context. This is 95, so that album's going to set you back about 25 bucks. Yes. It better be a fucking hitter, because otherwise I'm I buying... I think they were doing it on sale for 1999 when it came out, but I think you're right, between 22 to 25 is where it ended up. So then think about it from, hey, I could get White Zombie for 12.99. Right. Okay, I can get two White Zombies. You get can get both. Abe Bogota live at the Paramount. For like a nickel, so God. that puts it in contrast. Hey, can you can you get me that? Do you mind clicking one click to? No. Oh, okay. I guess he he, he didn't want to. So <laughs> on to the next song. So I did bullet next, and uh, Great. I said perfect single. We kind of went through yep. it, like uh, yeah. And again, that hypnotic drum line that just starts it like every idiot in fucking America is like. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> it is it's just a good. This is so. This is where I take it a little farther than just melancholy. Is I took a B side, and I bullet goes right into the airplane flies high. Oh. I have no idea why Billy didn't put this on melancholy because it is a melancholy song through and through, and the heavy heavy guitar work on it is amazing. It's so. To me, it went from bullet right into the airplane flies high. What's funny to me, and I think you told me this, you go, what's the box set called? The box set that came right the after this album. The singles box set. Is, yeah. Was the airplane flies high. That's so he named the singles box set. You got to figure that Billy had some affinity for that song. He liked had it. To, it is a great, it's, 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 you instantly connect to it when you hear it. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, you, it starts with the, they're scratching the guitar pick down the strings then you hear the lowly bass, and then you hear the distorted vocals talking about an airplane flying on high banks left, and then the crescendo, just like Cherub Rock or Rocket. It just slams, just like Siamese Dream, but it has a melancholy feel to it. It is a melancholy song. I think through ultimately, through. too, it's got like a gish element, too, it's, where it's long and it just kind of rambles oh, absolutely, and it goes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, like, like a Starla. Yeah, 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 yeah. Starla. Ex yeah. That's a great song, too. So that's, so that's why I'm like, I, I'm like, if we're trimming the fat and I'm going to put what I really loved from this era, and I can't remember, I think Airplane Flies High was the B-side to 33. I could be wrong. I think you're right. But to me, I'm like, no, this is, this is a... 
one of those epic tracks that belongs on Melancholy. So I put it in there. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't listen to it without it. And spoiler alert, friends, I also went outside the confines of just the tracks on Melancholy. I, I saved it for later. but So I, I, I felt the same way. It's weird in that you have all these tracks to choose from, but yet you still pull things from other places. Uh-huh. It, the but note- same era, same concept oh, for yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah. All directly related to... It's all in that vein, but you think to yourself, well, damn, you had all this stuff. Why didn't you spend an extra two or three months pairing it back? Right, because I, I ne- in, until we started doing this, doing the Trim the Fat yeah. concept... I didn't think I would come up. I really didn't think I'd be able to come up with a melancholy I was happy with, and I did. It yeah. took time because I like the whole album. Oh yeah, individually the the tracks, I like them all. Yeah, I do. I really like. I like. It's it's almost like a box set in it is, itself. It, it does have that box. It's set a box feel. set feel, and I'm like, I want a melancholy feel. So I didn't think I could do it, but in my mind, what I did, I did it. Yeah, yeah. It well, was a little there. small victory to me, for me. Well, yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard to work through all that Billy bloat. It, it is, yeah. It's just, it's just a lot Hashtag to work Billy with. Billy bloat. And I didn't even touch because on Spotify, if you do the melancholy, it has the six CD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't touch that so either. So there's demos, outtakes. There's even demos of B sides and instrumentals. Yeah. So I didn't touch any of that. Like I said, airplane flies. I I always had the thirty three singles, so I didn't have to go into the remaster extra stuff i yeah. always knew airplane flies eye yeah I always and i think they put when they did um rotten apples the the smashing pumpkins yeah yeah yeah. um best of album right they'd had a b-side cd and i think they had a truncated airplane flies high like a four minute version oh there too. yeah that would make sense but i wanted the whole eight for seven eight minute version because it you have to listen to it all the way through and that again i like i say is like a tip of the hat to where they were before right that's the big part of this album is what do they become because after this you have to remember where do you go they lost original members right you know you get down to where it's just billy melissa was a great replacement for a bassist though i couldn't i mean at that time getting melissa yeah after darcy left yeah 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 getting melissa was a that was a smart move because she i I even think she was like in a perfect circle for i was just going that's exactly where i I was going i was going to say it was goes whole then uh, smashing and then a perfect circle i think she was in a perfect circle. she definitely was i just can't remember if it was before or after oh yeah there was a female before her in the band i can't remember dude i remember from from murder gnome yeah murder gnome right when uh, judith came out and that it's a badass part of the video where she's that's what i was picturing when we were talking just now puts her hair up and ties it and all that shit oh it's so why billy's doing his little uh his little uh high pitch yeah she's putting her hair up Oh, that's fucking dope. And that is, it is dope. And hey. I, I feel that there's going to be a Tool uh, APC in the works. That would be Because a really new Tool cool. album's coming around the corner, like yeah. uh, August 26th or something. So Yeah, and, and that's a question mark, too, of whether that'll be interesting. There's another pod that's going to come right, out. There's going to be a lot. And case in point, for APC and Tool, there is... If Lateralis was 18 albums long, I still couldn't trim the fat because no. Tool so far hasn't had fat. No, they haven't. It's all, and it is very concept driven too. You may not get the concept oh, big at first. Time progressive concept. It's like King Crimson in a way. Yes. Like they go Rush. Real, I feel like yeah. Rush and King Crimson. Yeah, big time. 
and he, they, they really followed a rush format. They love to fuck concept. around with time signatures, everything, but and it, it works so well. But yeah. then it's always dark, angry lyrics. Always, it's, it's dark and angry, and them. boy, does that work so well. One Osteria owner. Sorry, so, melancholy. Sometimes Maynard just sticks, wears his ugly head right <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Okay, so next. And that up. was all because of Melissa. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the uh, the tangent. That was right the catalyst. There. So I digress. Let's go back to it. Yeah, yeah. So we come, we're coming back to fold. Um, so I went with muzzle next. Okay. Um, I said it was relief after bullet. Like, so you know, you had zero. You have bullet. You kind of need that. <sighs> okay. And like that's all I wrote about it. I, it's a fun song. I like it. Like it's kind of poppy. Like I went to XYU because it still held the energy. So it's coming. You did off really the, go. So I, yeah, I wanted the first half to be all energy. I uh, I went XYU. up down up down kind of thing because mm-hmm. I was trying right. to you know, melancholy. You're like okay, what's melancholy in rock? Right. Um, I don't know. She blinded me with science. Like that's great song, Thomas Dolby. I know, but like you try to think of something awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, so she blinded me with science. Meow, meow, meow. So then, okay, after all of that, and again, this side is dusk. So this yes. is when shit's going down. Yep, uh, I agree. This is where to forgive. I begin to tone down. So I went to forgive. Okay. Uh, nice slow down. Take a breath. Like it's the end of the night. You know, you've had dusk. You've worked through dusk. You're into night, and you're like, Ugh. yeah. And the lyrics are actually, yeah, they've got a little texture, a little depth to them. Yeah. Billy wrote this album. The idea was he wanted somebody that was, I think he said, 14 to 22 to understand the experiences of their life. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I know. Dude, that's when you get high on that self-indulgence. I'm like, 14 to 22. Wow. Hey, uh, hey corporate guys, what was that demo again? Uh, are we talking about to, being drafted into? Uh, Billy, Billy, 18 the, to 35, you fucking idiot. Fuck, man, we got to sell fucking album. You made two goddamn CDs. That's now, a 14 to 20, 21 to 35, I, I 36 was, to 54. Yeah, yeah, like, what the fuck? So I think he was trying to write an album about his own adolescence and going through all that. I think he was smoking a lot of pot. I also think he was smoking a lot of Billy ego. That's I mean, that's my reoccurring theme. Everything's about Billy. It's like, yeah, all right, And man. sometimes, though, I mean, yes... A lot of Smashing Pumpkins is Billy's ego. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, 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 no. But and he, he is a very... But it could get annoying after a while. Sometimes you want a little diversity. You just don't need narcissistic egoism constantly. Right, right. That's the thing. It's just there's a time and place where you're like... Yeah, let somebody else in. Because like Siamese Dream, it's it's narcissistic, but it's almost therapeutic in a way. So it's a fun ride. Right, right. But the, but the ego in this album, just it's well, just surface. It's that's just, all that money. That's all that MTV love. That's, yeah. oh, dude, you're the greatest rock star in the world. Yeah. So what do you got next? Zero. Yeah. So this was my last high energy moving down mm. because dark, you kind of party at the beginning of the night. And yeah. then you know how you guys, you just kind of want to mellow it. So zero's my transition from the heavy and now we're about to just take it and float back down melancholy. I like that. So zero's my, tran- this is the transition song. Nice. Yeah. That's, I can't argue with that. And again, anybody who leaves zero off the album. Dude, you, I don't know what you're smoking, but please zero stop. Belongs in please it. stop smoking. And that I believe shit. Zero is ve- that was a very introspective song for Billy. He wore the Zero shirt 
forever after that. Oh, you yeah. That was see... a big element of his branding, in a yes, sense. Zero is totally his branding. And I'm going to have to give him that one because the song's yeah, so cool. I, I'm, giving, even, I'm giving that for egoism. I'm giving him that. And like even his look in this album, because it dramatically changed. Like mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins, he's, or uh, Siamese Dream, he's like the yeah. like alt-rock dude. Emo, the yeah, emo dude. You're a good dude. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's got the shaved bald head. He's white as fucking powder, yeah. wearing Zero. The world is a vampire. Yeah, folks, if you want to hear more of that, wow. remember. If you subscribe. haven't turned us off yet, you might want to. Yeah, seriously, folks. See, I don't know, man. If, if this is your, your choice in entertainment. The Xanax is kicking in, kids. Just try again. Yeah, yeah. or, uh, you know, light another bowl. Okay, so, so we go on to midnight. Yep. And again, kind of using that nighttime theme and yes. running with it. I thought about, like, midnight at a bar. Sure. And, like... Yeah, it's the witching hour where weird shit starts. Are we happening. talking a pubby type bar or a booby bar? Oh, no, could, uh, let's let's yeah, 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 let's keep it in the confines of like an alt rock bar where you meet, some, okay, meet yes. a nice chick gotcha. and you're like, you know, you're having a good time. Midnight. That's like that's like the great time. The booze is flowing. Yes, everybody who's going to be out is yeah. out tonight. Tonight. So again, okay, I like it. Yeah, again, okay. it, 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 I couldn't fit it anywhere, but I didn't follow a concept you did. So this is where it works. Yeah, We're like a, a from dark to like midnight type deal. Tonight, tonight works. Yeah, exactly. And it's also because got... everybody's flying high, having a good time. Oh hell yeah! And it's that transition. Tonight, anything. It's gonna be anything. Yeah. Tonight, tonight. All right. So what do you have? So I did Eyes of Ruby through the Eyes of Ruby. Great song. Because, again, I'm taking the energy down, but there's a lot of slow pacing and, you know, there's there's a lot to that song. That nice piano intro, and the too, piano is a intro. great way to go out of Correct. any song. So, so and especially for, Zero. Yes. Where it's like, you've gone so heavy, and then you go to that piano, and it's like, it's not like a happy-go-lucky no, piano. No, it's a melancholy it's a, piano. We're going someplace. Yes, something's about to happen. And again, great song, yeah. great guitar lines. Okay. Just, fuck, that's that's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, Porcelina, Zero, Through the Eyes. So then after Tonight Tonight, I went 1979. So this is one where I kind of had qualms with do I put it on the album. It's not one of my favorite songs. But it's also one of the most different, diverse songs that are out there. Yeah, yeah. and for those of you in um, podcast land, you cannot see what Dee's doing. But he's saying it sucks a big beetle. I did not like the song. I... And I was even thinking if it even belonged to Neva Adore. You know, but here's the thing. I couldn't find the a time and place America for that. loved it. I like, know, but it, it was because the movie it. Dazed and Confused, it just kind of brought you back to a Richard Linklater. And Linklater. again, going back um, to what movie. Billy was trying to do, this opus to youth or whatever, I'm like... It didn't work for me, and I just couldn't... I. Yeah, it the, just doesn't work for me. I, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. And that's why we had I, it this doesn't fit for me anywhere. This is the interesting point of where I go, okay, so I didn't have where, where uh, Boys Fear to Tread, but I put 1979 on. But it's like, it was one of those ones where everybody I knew loved that song. Oh, like I was out. I the, hummed it and it just isn't, it fit as just a Smashing Pumpkin single alone, not. Connected it to anything else. It should have been on a soundtrack. Correct. Put or, it on the Go soundtrack. Right, or Dazed and Confused or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's that... Yeah. It I, just didn't fit in the world of 
Smashing Pumpkins in an album. Right. To me. And again, I'm, it throws me out of melancholy. I, I oh, no it, longer am in it. When I hear that song, I'm no longer melancholy anymore yeah. at all. Like, no, I'm nowhere near it. But here's the thing, too. This is where you actually hear some of that electronica, industrial. Like, this is where it actually gets introduced. Sure, it, but that to me, that, that fits on Ava Adores when I they know. did a lot more of that. Yeah, and you're right. And that's where it, that's where that's where really it should went go electronic. to. So again, kind of on the idea that you're transitioning out and you're going away. Oh, based so. on the song, yeah, from your previous track to '79, I get it. And again, it's getting light all of a sudden. Yes, uh, you're right. You're right. Yep. So all right, what do, you, what do you have next? So I don't disagree with you, D, though. That stumbling, you can exclude it because now I'm going. So now I'm taking it down, and stumbling was my next interesting. Track. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you are really trying to bring it down. Now and I'm it... doing side two of Siamese Dream, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have a fear when you put this together that it was going to be Siamese Part Two? That's what I was. Th- I knew that the songs were good enough that it could be a Siamese Volume Two, and that's what I was trying to do. Interesting. So I, it all has a melancholy feel, but right. I was following the format of Siamese Dream because Siamese Dream the format worked so well. Oh, it was money! Like putting it, Mayo on side two and Space Boy. God, I mean, just how and the then whole side album one flows. was just how, so many great hard songs. Right, and then you got Disarm. But then Disarm kind of yeah, and it's in that right place. So yeah, I toyed with that, but then again, like you say, that formula is so good. Why do you fuck with it? I mean, kind of back to the Zeppelin 1 pod where we were talking about the Zeppelin 4. If it ain't broke. Yeah. Put a couple poppy songs on. Put some blues songs on. Let it fucking have a couple jams. Yeah. And the same thing with Pumpkins. They really had a kick-ass formula. Really did. So I threw... And let's see how many more songs do I have. Okay, so I've got two more songs. Me too. And Hidden Track. I went uh, 33. Me too. Did you really at the yes. same So same two place. tracks now we hit the same exact Okay, point. yeah. 33 again is it's taking you down but it's still and it works great for for the midnight to 1 a.m. It's Right. It's keeping you up. You don't want to you don't want to parachute down to the ground yet. No. You're not ready to go to bed and call it a night. No. Nope. But you didn't you don't need any more slayer, no more angel of death. You're, nope. you're done with that part of the evening. Yeah, you don't need any more hip hop. 33. You yeah, and 33 worked well with me if you think of how stumbling ends and then oh, 33 yeah. It worked so well. So that's one of the things I really looked at with my tracking was how did it flow Me in? Too. Because I really worked hard on that. You have to because inherently it can't be herky jerky because that's one of the fundamental qualms we have right. with the album as, Correct. in its current iteration. Yeah, it's, I think besides thirty three in his in his final song, what goodbye, farewell, and goodnight or whatever. Yeah. Everything else seemed hodgepodge, but it just seemed like the only well out thought out thing was the beginning and end, and everything else was just. Kind of thrown in, it felt like to me, because it didn't flow. Like, Gish, no. Gish flows damn near perfectly. Yeah, it does. And Siamese Dream, side by side. I mean, and again, we're talking vinyl. Right. It, it, everybody is used to Siamese Dream as a CD or just, you know, a one a, a one track deal. Right. I have the vinyl, so he really did the first album was the hard stuff and then Disarm and then the acoustic really taking you back down was yeah. the second side except Geek USA. Right. So again, it was really oh man, that format worked perfectly. Yeah. And so again, why you would deviate, why you would get drunk on your own sense of self, fucking crazy. You so- know what though? And I, I I love creating narratives because it's what I do, kids. <laughs> we do is, I wonder content. if James and Darcy, I wonder if they all fought over the track listing. 
I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, even you and I, we, I mean, I picked songs you didn't, and you yeah. picked songs that I didn't, but yeah. we, we were able to come up with, so far, I'm feeling damn good album. Yeah, and a very similar flow, too, in and general. And I think, I think they, pro- I'm guessing that the three of them, I don't know how much input Jimmy had. He was probably on smack at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that was. getting fucked up. Yeah, that was the source of it. Sorry, Jimmy, I'm not putting you down. You're a great drummer. There's no. No, no, no man, no shade, but let's no, be honest. No, no hatred here, but I'm just thinking for the arguing. Well, because I'm I've picturing never... maybe even James and, and Billy even more than Darcy, but I have a feeling that they couldn't come up with a track listing. Especially when you see how they tried to fit it on the vinyl. It, oh, both, yeah. both ways, CD and the original vinyl, did not work. No, not good at all. It didn't flow. No. Even, neither one of them did. Yeah, and it, so that is the interesting thing of how much more creative input did the other two have. Right. Because ultimately, it still came out like the Billy Corgan show. It did. Like, if you look at the I song, felt more and more. There's a little, there was little of... You know, pieces here and there where it felt like pumpkins. It, but it did feel like the Billy show. It does. And ultimately... A two-hour and ten-minute Billy show. When you're talking about who got paid, only two songs have songwriter credits that don't in, that aren't Billy Corgan exclusively. Gotcha. So that tells you who gets did the line. Did not realize that. Yeah. He only put two songs on. Gotcha. But who knows? Maybe for him, that was a huge compromise. Like, dude, I put two fucking songs on. Right. I... I'm pumpkins. Like you heard the first album, right? But me, Gish, it's the four of them to me, Gish was the pumpkins. Yeah. And I get it though that I realize with Siamese Dream, Pumpkins really is Billy. Yeah. But Gish for me, that's the pumpkins I loved was Gish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I totally that's agree. Psychedelic rock with a nineties feel. Like yeah. A, a, well, and then you see what Man, uh, that was a good combination. Rhinoceros is just still always amazes me. Yeah, how it builds and builds. For and a builds. first album to bring out that kind of great music. Right. But to me that was pumpkins. It didn't feel like the Billy Show till Simon's Dream. That felt like the Billy Show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody said, hey, by Melancholy the way, Melancholy Billy Show. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, because if you do read about this album, one of the critiques is, oh, yeah, they got more involved. They did. Yeah, they got two songwriting credits. Two out of 22 fucking songs. Like, I think they got to be in the studio sometimes, which, I, from what I read, they really weren't around in the studio. Simon's no. Dream, him and Jimmy did all the instrumentation. Yeah, that's it, right there. And I actually read that, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I also read that Billy did some of the drum work on Siamese Dream too. I could believe that. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, that's talented. a very Prince thing, but I remember Prince, it's always been Prince's world, so yeah. whenever you thought of the revolution or the generation or whatever, he, you know, yeah. it was always Prince. It's Prince, man. It and was Prince. And ultimately, I guess for me, I don't have a qualm with that. Like, mm-hmm. Billy Corgan talented fucking dude he's very talented but just call it the billy corgan show or whatever like prince and the revolution right prince and the james brown and the like right if you want to be the man there's no issue billy corgan and the smashing pumpkins fucking sounds great i'd still buy the album right like and that's really what it was um so yeah nine inch corgan (laughs) oh that's a maybe something different yeah i don't i don't think we're talking about that crooked vultures anything can happen vultures oh man Trent and Billy got together? Yeah, that'd be good. But yeah, for me, 33 was the true melancholy song. It's self-reflection. And for me, the album had to get... Lights came up in the bar. You're like, oh, fuck. Now I gotta go home. And like I said, just like Airplane and Zero, 33 
is a melancholy centric song, so it fits melon. It just fits. So last track. This is it. First becomes last for me. The beginning, melancholy and infinite sadness. It's that just, is what I picked too. Did you really? That's how I end my album with melancholy and infinite sadness. It's a great outro. <laughs> it's done, and you're just it listening is. to it. Play That's what I'm out, saying. To me, like, it didn't. So to me, tonight, tonight was more the overture, and yeah. melancholy was Agreed. was the exodus. Yeah. I just, yeah, why you would put that as the intro? Why did you go? I, I, yeah, it's, it's like... I'm going to start off an alternative I just want to smoke a joint and go to bed and not listen yeah. to the album. Yeah, I'm done. I'm At done. least tonight, tonight, I'm like, oh, it, oh yeah, there's something different. It's like it's you like can almost vision too. opening credits with Tonight, Tonight yeah. going. Like, it's opening something up. Well, and even especially with the video where it did have a screen and oh, it did yeah, right. open. So, like... Yeah, that's that a, a lot fucking... of ego in that video. Oh, dude. Jesus. Yeah. When you close oh, your shits. eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, what kind of dick would uh, open his show? Wasn't it his new DVD oh, that he. Uh... Well, it was the when they had the reunion show in Seattle, was when he walked out and did. You, when they did the little animations. Yeah. And then he walks out with an acoustic guitar and does a disarm, Who which took the energy out of the crowd. The show crowd. like that. It took the energy out of the crowd. Yeah. They never got it. And then they go into Rocket, which I would have opened that damn concert. Yeah. With put those no, lights up with right. zero, zero of the, the little of the animation bullshit. and None stuff. I would have done that in the middle. Would give everybody a break to get some beers and stuff. Yeah. But I would have just had them with the black backdrop and then start going into Rocket before the <laughs> curtains go back. And I think everybody would have jumped around and had a great time. Lights come up. Rocket's it's real a bright. beautiful yeah, opener. Everybody's going crazy. Rocket is true. You could even opener. go into Disarm from that, mm -hmm. where you've just, you can't yes. open with that. And again, this comes back to the album. You can't open with a piano song, no. man. It can have a little piano to start, right. but. Not a whole fucking yeah. piano. No lyrics. Now, I don't know if you've you heard, but they're after smashing, after <laughs> Siamese Dream, he did a compilation album, and they do a they do a slam and speed, chunky version of Disarm, and it's amazing. And oh, they did a music video to it too. I saw. It was that. like live on a German TV show. It was called um, Earphoria is the name of the album. It's or view. It's either Viewphoria or Ear. I think it's Earphoria for the CD, Viewphoria for the Put video. Put it in the comments, folks. Yep, I think it's Earphoria. And Disarm, it's just this heavy... And they could have gone and done that as a live version instead of the slow version. It's so cool. Didn't they do that on like the MTV Music Awards? They did Disarm, but they did a plugged-in version. They might have. Like, and it, it sounds very similar to what yeah, you're describing. Yeah, this German TV one, it is absolute... That I have sounds the CD, amazing. I have the CD of Earphoria, and that Disarm is absolutely incredible i couldn't believe it that it can translate into a heavy fast song like cheer or rock or yeah Rocket. yeah yeah well that's a they testament to that guitar tone they have it just sounds so good yeah and that guitar tone is turn your gain all the way up to 10 yeah but yet he still keeps it within the confines yes of, he does it doesn't yeah all the time. Well, the end of Starlet did. Yeah, but that's part that's of the Sonic album. Youth. That's Sonic Youth. I think that's I was Billy. Just say, I that's think Billy Sonic likes Youth. Sonic Youth, and thank you, you Billy, think? if you really did like Sonic Youth. Yeah, you thank can. you, Billy, because it works in the Pumpkins. Yeah, I love those disastrous, heavy, distorted crescendos that just fall apart at the end. Starlet's the perfect example of that. Yeah, it's the deconstruction just falls apart. that's amazing. I love that. And yeah. Sonic Youth perfected that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Art of Noise. I, oh, my 
God, they did such a great job. And they took that from Velvet Underground, of course. Right, right. Everybody's got thank an influence. Thank you, Lou Reed. And, yeah. yeah, thank you, Lou I mean, Reed. Just in general, thank you, Lou Reed. Thanks. Yep. So that's the end of the album. I cheated because I had some so, extra time. That's great. No. Hidden track. So um, at the same time, while they're working on um, Melancholy, they're working on Lost Highway, the David Lynch project. Yes, that's a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Marilyn so, Manson, Nine Inch Nails. I forget what song he submitted first, but Lynch but hates right, it. right, the Pumpkins is on it. Lynch hates the song. Really? He comes back to Billy and is like, this is garbage. I think the song ends up on like an uh, like one of those B-side type CDs or whatever. Like, Not a great song. So at the same time, Billy Corgan's working on a beat. Just a beat. And you go, well, what, who's he working Funky on drummer? a beat for? He's working on a beat for none other than the big Shaktus himself, oh. Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. So um, what, it was the second Shaq album after Shaq Fu. Um, Please don't say that ever again. I know. I can't remember the name of the album. It was something. It was like Diesel Power or some bullshit like that. And he's flexing his arm. So Billy wrote this this track. And it started out. And Shaq was like, nah, I'm good. I don't want it. I I got enough diesel power on yeah. the album. I don't need any more Billy power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those of you at home, you could not see the gesture that D made, but it was very apropos. So I, from the Lost Hi- Lost Highway soundtrack, which, again... I love that soundtrack. Just such I have it. a good song. Yep. It's a little it. bit outside the wheelhouse, because mm-hmm. I think that's 97. I do remember that song. Yeah, I But do. it's kind of that same time period, and especially But when Marilyn Manson was big at the time. You kind of had that electronic and industrial, and he was kind of going with the feel of yeah. what Trent and Marilyn were both doing. It, it kind of does fit Lost Highway very well, because I know oh, exactly a, the song you're talking it's about. It's a great song. I it mean, is. I love it. The intro And it surprised me when I listened to the CD that I was like, Oh, this is fucking pumpkins. Yeah, and it it's dark. fits that soundtrack. Very dark. But that's what. Yeah, but shit. Like again. But I what was the, big right back then? Oh shit, you're right. Manson. Manson and beautiful people. Yep. Like fuck. Manson and Nine Inch were huge. At that Absolutely, point. that was fragile. That a, dude, you Antichrist even had Superstar. Um, Gravity Kills, Stabbing mm-hmm. Westward. Like again, that was all. Yeah, it was all that dark brooding. It's shit. all the post Wax Tracks crew going into their own stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But yeah, for me, I liked I. I thought that'd be a fun hidden track. You come, you kind of stumble on it. It doesn't fit in the rest of the album, really. But in it's a just, way it does. In a way it doesn't. In a way it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, that's a cool hidden track. And the Shack thing is just weird. Yeah. Remember, folks. Yeah. Our next podcast. We will never say Shack Fu ever again. Diesel Power and Shack Fu on the next podcast. That's yes, right. Yes, we're going to deconstruct Shack Fu. Shack We're going to trim the fat, and I think I'm going to take it to zero tracks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've, I've got my Shack Fu card right here. Are, I, are you ready? Yes. Track so, one. Enjoy the silence. Bing! All right, folks, let us know. Did we fuck that up? Did we fuck that up? Please. Yeah, yeah give us a comment. Negative. We want those nihilists out there to uh, say uh, thank you for wasting my life with your <laughs> shitty podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and think about it. And you're it. very welcome. We're, we're always obliged to do that at any given time. Yeah, or, you know, if you have some time to kill, just sit on the toilet, take a shit. It's know? really just audio masturbation. So Yeah, enjoy, folks. See you, bitches. And we're out. <laughs>